What's up, everybody? This is Samuel welcoming you to our 10th episode of Music in the Minor League. Really fired up. I mean, we're at 10. We did it. We started this idea, and we're really happy we are able to carry it through, and the guests have been interested, and people have been listening. As of today, we dropped our ninth episode, and we're at almost 600 listeners, so, you know, y'all really showed up. Over 60 people per episode for a bunch of minor league bands like us. We're really fired up, man, so thank y'all for taking the time to listen. To celebrate this 10th episode, we invited Daniel Torres to be our guest. Daniel is the former road manager, tour manager, photographer for the Grizzly Band. He has been in various bands with Health over the years on the administrative side. And when Health came to Brightwire, Dan kind of joined along and became our silent fourth member who goes through, creates almost all the art you see related with the band. He also helps us out with production. I mean, he went as far on Cracked, Flawed, and Freight as to name the record, kind of help with the track listing. I mean, he went through and did all this stuff, offered a lot of production tips and little things we added to the album so i mean he's a big part of what we do and we thought it'd be great to sit down and go through his life as a visual artist and how it correlated with music and how important visual art is to music and also we went through the three albums that got us as a kid realizing that you know music was a little more to us than it was to everybody else and something we wanted to kind of devote our lives to creating and being a part of so before we get to that conversation we'll run through the housekeeping parts first off we always say this if you like what you hear tell a friend spread the word we want to get out there and get more listeners so you know put it out there we're not running ads we're not doing anything crazy like that it's just we want to make sure we get the word out and just want people to listen man give these bands a chance they're all really great second up if you like the bands we discuss and you like music go out there and follow the bands give them some time listen to music follow them on your streaming network of choice you know just make it happen push things it helps us get new venues interested in us it helps us when we're trying to book tours the more people you have following you online the better finally if you're interested in seeing brightwire we do have some shows coming up the first one is March 31st. We'll be coming out to the League City Folk Association open mic deal they do. Tucker, who you've heard on past episode, puts this on. And man, they do such great things for their community and the whole songwriter community comes out. And today it'll be their one year anniversary on March 31st. So we'll be out there playing a short set along with like 15 other artists. Like it's crazy, but it's going to be so much fun. People like Grifters and Shills will be out there. Chris Hardy, Two Fists. Tucker himself will be playing. I mean, it's going to be a really good event. Then the next night, we'll be down at Mod Coffee House in Galveston. That'll just be a Kim and I duo show. Then on April the 8th, we'll be out at Dan Electro's with Grifters and Shills. Man, Dan Electro's is back. Our home base is there, and we're fired up to be playing there. We're not really planning on playing a local show, but when Dan Electro's reopened, we had to go. So we'll be playing there. It'll be 8 to midnight. We'll be alternating one-hour sets. So you'll get two sets from both bands. Middle of April, we'll be heading out on tour with Grifters and Shills. On April 13th we'll be at the Hunt Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma. On April 14th we'll be at the Brick in Kansas City, Missouri. That show also includes Johnny Lawhorn of the Pentagram String Band Solo. April 15th we'll be at AMPM Bar. That also includes Charlie J. Memphis. And on April 16th we'll be at Frankie's OKC, which includes Griffin Wade and Rachel Lynch as well. Finally, we're going to close out the month at Ronnie's Ice House as part of Jeff Appleby's birthday celebration he does every year where he raises money to help out Equisearch. Equisearch does a great thing. They go out on horses. They find missing people. They make sure that no family has to wonder what happened. They go out and they do the work and they find anyone missing. It's a great thing. It's a great service they do. They go all over the place and just good people who go out and just make sure no families have to live and wondering what went wrong or what happened. It's worth your time. Great music from people like Chris Hardy. We're playing it. Grifters and Shills. Symblem. I mean, it's going to be a great lineup and a lot of stuff to help people out so if you're in the dickinson area head down there it's free but they will have raffles they'll have barbecue from jeff's pretty okay barbecue and just so much stuff going on it's a great time it's a good way to help the community and have some fun at the same time all right now that we're through all that we're going to kick off the episode this is a song from our new ep called ghost best left alone it is called out the door and we'll catch you on the other side with daniel torres Break me. This is how I live my 
Alright y'all, welcome to another episode of Music in the Minor League. This is our 10th episode. Woo! I know, fired up, 10. Like we did something. And to kick it off, we're here with our good friend, Mr. Daniel Torres, who if you've seen any of the art related with this band, there's a nine and a half out of 10 chance that Daniel Torres created this art. We do like his art. We do. I do. We do. I think the only thing meaningful that I've given to our band was the trucker thing. But other than that, Dan has done all of the good stuff. Part so of the reason Cracked Flaw and Trade was named one of the best local records of 2021 by the Houston Chronicle was Daniel's artwork. That's true. Part Can of it. And confirm. Because otherwise he would be like, meh. But then I was like, dude, that looks killer. I got to listen to that record. Say, yeah, that record's cool, man. But I just want to post that artwork on my website. <laughs> That's what it really is. They just like, like the art that much. Like, it looks really good. It is awkward getting to sign the albums. I'm like, I, I didn't do anything but the art. They're like, yeah, yeah the, that's the best part. <laughs> but you did the art. And it was cool. You know, it's one of those things where it was like, to tell the story, like I sent Dan the, the rough demos of the record. They weren't even really done. It was like, just whatever you feel, dude. I did that. I did like the, the asshole art customer. What, what is it? make you feel dude i'm not the artist now like i'll be back and then he came back with artwork i was like dude yeah like it kind of fit you know fit perfectly if i recall correctly you named the album yeah dan also Uh, named that record yeah i kind of listening to some of the lyrics that just kind of jumped out so see so when he says he didn't really do anything he named the album you did stuff (laughs) important feedback on the songs true i tried to breathe on the first track but you took that Oh, doing that? I could have had you do that, but uh, yeah, we wouldn't have had that opening of the album with opening the guitar case. Dan was like, dude, it'd be cool if y'all did something like this. And then we did that. So see, also creative director of Brightwire. <laughs> right, yeah. Unofficial <laughs> fourth member <laughs> right. of Can't Brightwire. play one dang instrument. <laughs> It's all right. <laughs> trying to remember the guy's name, John something, the one who was like the spiritual director of the MC5. That's that's Dan for us. Yeah. There it is, yeah. And what was it? Uh, we're reading that book. Uh, this is what it sounds like. Prince's sound engineer wrote. Yeah. She had a just a little run-in with Miles Davis, you know, nobody special, in the studio. And he asked what she did. And she's like, well, I don't play music. I produce music. It's like some of the best musicians I know aren't musicians. <laughs> Definitely. It's so. the best compliment I've had all week. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, it's just understanding how it sounds and everything. <laughs> you know, it's that having that love and just listening to it. And, you know, you're one of the people I know who be like, listen to this part of a song. Or, you know, most people just see it as one just big collaborative wall of noise where it's like, oh, dude, you should check out this part. This is cool. We should add this. Like, this instrument would sound cool. What if you did this? So, Well, plus, after you've been recording something and then playing it and editing it kind of just gets muddy in your head and i can come in and and be an honest jerk and be like this part's really terrible 
No, that's the best part about Dan is he has no filter when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Like he's like, if it's crap, he'll tell you. But if, also on the flip side, if it's good, he tells you immediately. It sounds like Nickelback, scrap it. <laughs> or sounds like Nickelback, keep it. I like, <laughs> hope you never have to tell us we sound like Nickelback. <laughs> right. Never know. One of my favorite things I ever read in a music magazine was kind of happy when I was in high school or something still. It was uh, whatever the Tool album is after Undertow. They were asking Adam Jones about it. And his quote was like, dude's like... Have you ever been to a, that dude's house? You know, his apartment smells like cat piss and you come in and you're like, dude, it smells like cat piss in here. It's like, it does. <laughs> He's like, That's basically how I feel with this album right now. Like, I don't know. We've been doing so involved. Like, I can't tell you what it sounds like. You can't hear it anymore. Right. Yeah. It's just like, it's this, it's the album. I can't tell you. So you walk in. I was like, I thought that was the, I never really understood that quote as much until like, I mean, I always thought it was a great quote. But we were doing that album. It was like, yeah, I don't fucking know what this sounds like. Oh yeah, man, because you're, you're we're just so in it. You know, we're we're the creatives with it, and it's like you need that. Per- you need a Dan. You need a Dan who's like, mm-hmm. no, dude, that, you don't need that thirty minute outro. Like we should cut that back. Right? To how long? To zero. <laughs> There's been some projects that I've helped on in the past, and it was just vocals with 17 effects on it. I'm like, if you can just narrow it down to your favorite two. <laughs> right. <laughs> we want the whole chorus to be there to sound like you're in a hotel. I want to sound like a wa- robot underwater in a submarine. <laughs> that would be great. That's the vision. So I want to sound like baby Jessica in the well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Dang oh, it. man. We just we made a good joke and dated ourselves all at the same time. Yeah, there's like the kids are listening like, what are they talking about? Baby Jessica and a whale? Who's that? It was a little girl that was eaten by a whale. It's like no, no, thought her name was Jonah. You didn't live through that. That was one of the most enthralling. That was like the beginning of like the best news. The 24 hour news cycle. But that's also like the beginning of when like your parents would let you go out anymore. Like, whoa. That, like you're like, that's whoa, true. whoa, whoa. You can't, you can't go. You could fall down a well. Like, mom, I don't live where there's any wells at. And you it's don't just, have a lassie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, it's okay, mom. I can be. No, no. You need to stay close. To mom, home. our water table's too high for a well. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the beginning of obsession with media and news. I think so. Because yeah. that yeah. was an ongoing thing. Oh, and I remember it was being... on CNN 24 And then it prepared me for OJ. Right? Oh, man, OJ. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Man, those were the days. I know. That was the coming home. Like, I just want to watch something else. Why? I'm so tired of this white Bronco. He's getting away with it. Right. He's rich. He's not going to go to jail. To a terrible child I was. Like, he ran for 2,000 yards in one season. Right. He's not he, going to jail. He gets a bit of a pass. You know? He'll probably be president. Right. <laughs> Look, you got you to break a few eggs to make an omelet, okay? That's how it, it was goes. terrible, but yeah, that was my thing. I was like, hey, nothing going to happen. And he did. <laughs> nothing did. Because he ran for 2,000 yards in one season. And if the glove don't fit... You must have quit. It's true. And look at what that caused. It caused the Kardashians and everything. True. It's a rough time. It's a rough, rough time. He's got a really dark, really fast. We we are paying for our sins as a society. Damn that butterfly effect. And we got the Kardashians out of it. I feel like this is not where we were headed with this podcast. It is, but it goes right back into music (laughs) because, you know, basically there's, we can go right into Kanye West, who's a musician. Mm. Is he still a musician at this point? And Dan's kind of our less crazy. Kanye comes in with ideas. Is this the exit? He's got gar- right? he's got garage he band. He can do the beats and the samples, and so we're giving a little bit of preview into our next record. Right, right. There's gonna be a lot of beats and a lot of. We're picking samples. up a DJ. It sounds like. <laughs> I think you need to apologize to Dan. Kim's gonna start. No, I didn't mean it like in the. I meant it in the visionary way, not the, the crazy uh, racist way. Yeah. Okay. Just crazy in general way. Yeah. Just odd. I used to do that all the time. I. I do my phone where my GPS would cut in in the middle of songs and tell me where to turn. I always felt like Kanye West when I was doing that. He'd be like, do, 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 turn left ahead. Do, 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 <laughs> stop. Like, yeah, dude, it's like that, you know. Doing sampling. That's what I'm doing. I'm just sampling these jams, put on some, <laughs> put on some, you know, jazz or something and just let that cut in whenever. And I was like, dude, I'm making, like, this could be dance hall right here. Throw in some That's probably beats. playing this week at South by. Probably. <laughs> Probably, dude. So anyway, yeah, we we are kind of off on a tangent. But that's okay. We were here for the fun. 
we're having we're, this is our conversation yeah. so uh there's got to be good fun stuff so i'm gonna that's where i'm gonna toss it more to health because for those of you who don't know dan also was the tour manager or band manager booking person for a while den mother for the <laughs> grizzly band yeah. yeah man that was and that wasn't like the first band he'd ever done that for because he did it with previous bands that i'd been with like for what 10 years before that oh wow yeah we, we met in college and kind Wait, of you guys of, met in college yeah, yeah. okay yeah we've been we've been buddies since college <laughs> Wait, which college? Up. College of the mainland. College yeah. of the mainland. Oh, See you know, you know, Harvard by the highway, Baylor by the bay. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard the Harvard by the highway. That's great. Uh, that's good. <laughs> Guess they're not going to hit me up for any alumni bucks anytime soon. That's okay. I don't know. Do the Harvard by the highway? I, I would. Pretty yeah, no, we had an art history class together, and so we, nice. and uh, which was serendipitous. I had that same course at another community college, and that instructor was overseas doing photography and research for that class, and she fell down a flight of steps and broke her neck. True story. So the class got canceled, and I had to take it at the campus that he was at. Okay. So yeah, so we just uh, kind of like you know you're sitting in class, you don't know anybody, you just kind of like talk to people and uh, talk to him, and we started talking about music, and so I was like, I have a band. He's like, Oh cool and i was like hey and he's like i design stuff and i was like we need some stickers and stuff and so he knocked out a logo and like like that you know i was like whoa and that was for spellbound yeah that was oh man those were the days do you get that a lot from people you know what's hey, that can you do this for me can you draw this for me yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah except now i charge instead of getting <laughs> exactly. free mexican food i'm glad you're getting paid <laughs> now sometimes dan just like you know by the time you hear this our new logo will be up sometimes you make a logo and dan's like hey buddy <laughs> it's cute did you try i'll clean this up and if i clean it up i will completely redo the entire logo and good job right. you tried it hey buddy let the artist handle this it was a good idea <laughs> it was a good idea yeah. i agree i just didn't yeah. have the you know it was like the visionary with crayons and then it was like good job and then came in and was like here's how it's done right like thank you sir oh yeah <laughs> yeah and then uh we came with the grizzly band stuff man it was we needed a photographer and chad was like oh, we need someone to do some photography and video stuff and i was like i know a guy and so called up dan dan's like hey, i'm not doing anything so he hopped in a van with us and kind of so never, he yeah. sold it way more he was like we're <laughs> playing this big music festival it was in rock oklahoma it was rock oklahoma and it's free room and board and we just need you to do photography so i pulled up to the house before we were going to leave the houston area <laughs> and it is a van with no air condition with four gentlemen who smoke cigarettes and yeah. we slept in a tent <laughs> yeah and <laughs> wow. okay so first off it was you it was it was sir. chad's van and it was lovingly named bear force one <laughs> that's great right? and it was like a like what a mid 90s probably like a late 90s conversion van like so it had like the, the plush seats oh, and, that's even better. you know with the wood grain wood great wood grain trim it was it was nice but there was one downside the ac didn't work <laughs> And I learned what a swamp box was. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a big space to not. Yeah, so with a bunch so, of dude. So yeah. Dan, I mean, so so Chad made a swamp cooler basically out of ice chests and some fans, and like it kind of worked, but honestly, it didn't. I mean, because it's you're going to Oklahoma, and it's like yeah. it was Memorial Day weekend, so it's already getting hot. Yeah, and yeah, it was just it was like a lot of dude in that van. I bet you know, and so he he did the he did the run with us, man, and uh, you know I was surprised. I I was like he's probably never gonna return my calls about any of this crap. <laughs> ever again no, he's still hung out and then i think that's when we asked you to do the album artwork for lost and found yeah yeah and that was funny too man because chad had a whole other vision for the artwork for lost and found and you know dan being dan was like that's cute that's nice but let's do something a little different and so dan just doing dan stuff and came up with this these this great imagery and it worked really well you know and and so i think that was kind of like a changing point for even like grizzly because like they'd already had it an album or two out but man suddenly you had like this very like the visual kind of went with the music you know like but that's always something that dan's been able to do is like he hears the music and like he you can just see the wheel start working immediately and then the next thing you know he's like i have these ideas I'll put these down and he, he sends you all these ideas and he's just, and it's really just him where he's like, he's like asking for your feedback, but he's not really wanting your feedback. He's just working through his process. So you feel like you're part of it, but Dan knows where he's going with everything. It's really kind of cool. That's good to know for the future. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I was enjoying Even out. with this, we're looking now at the Summerfest thing we're going to do this summer. It was like, it was almost like the vision I had in my head. So I get lucky. I feel like a lot of times with like the, the idea I have that it's like Dan normally produces something. I don't have to say anything. It's like, that's pretty much what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Like I Did am, you know that? Well, I mean, he can say that about anything and I wouldn't know any difference. That's true. I just, <laughs> I've never heard him say that before either. So. Well, no, but I mean, I've said that like with this, it was like almost exactly what I had in my head. And I was like, that's what I'm going to see. And even the text, the way it is, I was like, I just, I wouldn't know how to do it. Like, I was like, I couldn't sit down and just, I mean, it'd take me like 10 hours at, on GIMP to like make it look. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a graphic interchange mapping program or whatever. Oh. It's an open source. Oh, it's GIMP not. is an open source <laughs> version of like a Photoshop kind of thing. It is not. I went home and tied the GIMP up, worked through my ideas. <laughs> Not do Good not Lord. think pulp fiction. Right, that's all I talking. can think. It's like, oh, bring in the gimp. <laughs> but be careful when Google searching that at work. <laughs> True. Put in gimp like Photoshop or something. It makes it a lot less scary of a search. <laughs> But no, but it's great, man. So many things come out. It's like, dude, that was, yes. So I'm always fired up. Man, like I say, I was like, dude, birdhouse is what I'm thinking for the last record. But when it came out, I was like, dude, that was, for some reason, like the color scheme was like, that was exactly what I was seeing in my head. Well, like the, it just the, came out perfect. The funny part is like, I remember getting a text from Dan and Dan's like, think it'd be cool for like, I got some birdhouses and I was like, yeah, Dan, do what you need to do. And then the next thing I know, he's like, I'm going to set them on fire. I'm like, damn, what are you doing? And then he sends me, you know, I was like, oh yeah, that makes total sense now. Yeah. When I saw it, I was like, oh dude, like that was amazing. Yeah. But a lot of other stuff, like when we do for flyers and things, you know, I will admit the one thing that did throw me were the. The dick dicks on our, our, tour, <laughs> our April tour, but I love the fact. But it was pretty fact, great. But I felt like it really did call to our, especially me and Hell's child, a sense of humor to use <laughs> an animal called a dick dick. And those me. were photographed at y'all's performance that y'all did in Bryan College Station for the TV show. Oh, wow. When we kind of ventured out to the museum. Yeah. Really? Oh, those wow. were displayed. I didn't realize that. Yeah. See, that's so it had hidden meaning to it. See, that okay. again, that's Dan. Like, wow. if you ever, like, watch Dan, he's constantly, like, taking pictures, writing stuff. Like, there's this constant methodical process because when he did the tour flyer for the summer tour with Grifters and Shills we did last year you Louisville know Louisville Slugger Museum yeah we're like what? what is this and then it was Louisville Slugger Museum and it's like well if you know Sam you know Sam has this weird obsession with baseball and so it was kind of perfect but it is which I share yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I've been yeah man you know one of the cool things Dan I got to go with him right before they opened Devil in the Deep and we went there for the one I mean, of the playoffs. Yeah, they clinched the division that day. Justin Verlander pitched. It was great. So the poster you're looking at now is a combination of a photograph that I took during a music fest in Galveston of mm -hmm. some palm trees. Oh, and then cool. the circular pattern is the door for a brewery in Austin. Nice. Oh, wow. See, I just saw the it kind of wavy with the palm trees. Like, that's, that's summer, dude. That is summer. So a combination of a couple things that y'all like. Yeah. Seeing the stuff like it's at. And Galveston. I lack that eye. I'm just like, we put these <laughs> things together. And it's fun because, yeah. like I said, I can't play a single instrument. But it's fun being around musicians because any form of art is fun for me. Whether it be painting or cooking or music. It's just, it's a nice outlet. And it's good to be around people that are creative and have an outlet to express themselves i appreciate it, man because it's like it, it adds a you have a different view like i guess when even when it comes to songwriting for me it's very like I guess brutalism it's like here's the basic chords here's the words and here's the thing like even drum beats are like you know very rudimentary and it's like then you know having people who come in like you and health who are more i guess artistically creative and other realms it's like hey man what if y'all what if you tried this what if you did this i mean i can go through old text where it's like what if you did something like this and it's like cool yeah i can try that i got to preview a couple tracks off the grifters and shields album and i told john i was like i i don't know you like i know the guys from brightwire but if i can offer some suggestion he's like oh these are just rough so i threw a couple suggestions at some of the compositions of some of the work that they're working on and i'm anxious to see if my ear was still decent yeah be like whatever dude those guys <laughs> <laughs> damn it all their well-made songs and stuff Right. Mm -hmm. They can play their guitar multiple four, instruments. Guitar, park, whatever, dude. Right there. <laughs> whatever. Foot drums and stuff. It's where we just run our mouths about John or Beck and see if they actually listen to the show, see if they ever get grumpy with it. It would be really funny if we like dropped some little Easter eggs in there that they would get and be like, oh, you do listen. Nice. That'd be fun. See, we We'd did. have to actually plan that, though. <laughs> 
true. We are not. I got some of the rough mixes. And I sent back all my hateful comments. Oh, you sent some hateful comments. I was like, "What is this? This coffee house blues you're <laughs> dropping on us? <laughs> it's embarrassing." <laughs> so I'm getting the opportunity to work on some of the artwork for their album. Oh, cool! And I don't consider myself a professional. I just consider myself someone who's creative and likes to have fun. But because I have a history rapport with them, it's like, tell me what you don't want for your album art that way we can kind of be in the same ballpark and they're That's like a well, good question to start with. we don't like shiplap and we want to be the opposite of this and they show me a photo of a guy sitting on a porch and i'm like so you want the opposite of chip and joanna Gaines?" they're like yes <laughs> <laughs> and there goes all of our followers who are big magnolia people great <laughs> their cupcakes are overrated are they really so uh, another good thing to talk about, man, you know, for a while there, you were involved with Devil and Deep Brewing, which was a, which you kind of made it into like a little local music venue. Had a lot of cool bands there over the years. Yeah, I kind of took sir. some of the experiences helping out all these bands in the past and you make a lot of good friends and a lot of good connections and what goes better with beer than music. So it was a, a good time organizing and trying to pull some bands in. Uh, it was always great having you guys on the set just to kind of get that hometown vibe going. It was really fun getting to pull in some unique talent That's and what we I was say. we you didn't know. have an agenda for the genre of music if it was fun we would do it if someone needed a space we would do it so we did everything from hip-hop shows to one of my favorites was a band out of japan and it was their first show ever in the u.s and it was at a brewery in galveston texas and they were called paranoid void and they were a three-piece powerhouse electro indie rock Okay. Um, and just to be able to host them and bring something different to the island besides the typical beachy vibes was yeah. fun. Someone not doing bad fish or something like that. that I, there was zero wagon wheel that night. Cool. That is always a win in my book. Yeah. It's, if there's two songs to me that could wrap up going to a bar in Galveston, it is Wagon Wheel and Bad Fish from Sublime. Got to play that. Yeah. That seems pretty, pretty solid. And there. the Cupid Shuffle. <sighs> But I do remember, like, I don't remember a whole lot about the bands you booked outside of us because I don't pay attention to that. But I do remember you being really stoked on that Japanese band when you got them in. Yeah, it was just, I mean, we've had a couple bands that had friendships with other bands in the area that would hit up the island for shows. And they kind of spread that word like, hey, if you're from Japan and you're touring, hit up these guys because oh, cool. they're super supportive and they'll get you a good audience. That's I remember awesome. seeing the hardcore band there. Oh, yeah, dude. I remember that one's band. Um, uh, was it Justin's band? Oh, Great White Fire. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they were Which fun. they just changed their name to At Least We Have Villains. Oh, cool. Okay, that's that band. Yeah, I thought that was a great band name. I Having like, Great White Fire in your band name as an engine search wasn't getting them a lot of love. Yeah, probably no. not. <laughs> probably not. But yeah, they were killer, man. You know, yeah. it's all like, you know, you had days and days there. Yeah. Yeah, that was and they had a big birthday party. Yeah, but they, remember that was a situation where they they had to play truly acoustic. Yeah. Because they didn't have enough input. Inputs. They didn't have enough uh, DIs. But that was great, man. I mean, we were there. Yeah, we had Jesse standing on top of a table <laughs> singing his heart out. That was our yeah. our dogs for our, when we got Winston. That was his first public outing. Yeah. And he was he was there with all the other like crust punk kid dogs and stuff. It was great. <laughs> He got to socialize. Got some street cred that night. I know he is, dude. Sometimes we put a bandana on him and he's just like, what up? I can rock this look. But yeah, that was just another great outlet for for me to support and embrace some good people with some good music. Yeah, everyone who came through there was cool, man. Like I said, it goes, I know I made the dog joke, but do like that days and days thing was cool because everyone kind of shut up and like let yeah. them do it. And it was just a cool moment. Then you always had the illegal noodle. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Food pop-ups, which he is an artist in his own right. Yes. It's true. Him and his knives and his skills are top notch. Um, he's been doing his thing for six years now. So if you get a chance and you see illegal noodle doing pop-ups in the Galveston Houston area, definitely worth checking out. So good. Dude, every, he, he, he makes me want to eat vegetables. <laughs> like that's like the biggest compliment too because if you know me you're like i hate vegetables but like he could he could put anything i don't even care and i'm like i'm gonna try it like i don't care i'm gonna try it it's true man so much of it was good it was always like hey dan what can we like hoping a band would hit us up wanting to come through and play like yeah, yeah we're gonna do a food pop-up right <laughs> right we'll, we'll do this show if illegal noodles there <laughs> you don't that's have to pay writer. us we'll pay our way <laughs> <laughs> like we got this 
If we make enough to cover food, we're good. Exactly. Good food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I mean, as opposed to being yeah. on the road and just getting a roller dog. Oh, my God, dude, roller dogs. Oh. Roller dogs, you know, man. They, They're hit or miss, buddy. I like Loves. Loves is selling you the same hot dog that you're getting at the Astro, or at the Minute Maid Park. True, and it's probably been there as long as the last time there was an Astros game <laughs> in an Astrodome. But it's cool. It's cool, it's man. It's fine, man. It's not about that little bit of extra toughness to the skin. My first that snap. That's yeah, it's almost snap. like a giant Slim Jim or something. It really is. <laughs> it's where you go. It's like you you feel shame inside because of how satisfying it is. Well, yeah, because you actually enjoy it. You're like, yeah, oh, you're just man. like. I can never tell anyone this, <laughs> but then you're like, like I like my wiener to be a little tough. But I'm, well, yeah, like it's been. It's, like, it, I don't want to. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Like it's 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 almost like when your dad was ha- had the hot dogs on the grill, and that one kind of rolled to the back of the grill, just kind of got forgotten, didn't get burnt, but got dried out a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's like oh, all right, it's almost like wiener jerky. <laughs> That's we, for another episode. Did, did we just create a, a new, band name. new type of food, wiener jerky? <sighs> right? It's just you got to let it, you got to take a hot dog and just let it. So I guess they have that dried sausage you can buy, which is a little not, more highfalutin. Yeah, as I said, that's spendy. But we can just do just solely lips, asshole, dr- sausage-shaped dried. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is we need, we need someone to buy us a food dehydrator so we can try it out first. All right, we're going to do this. Band fund. <laughs> <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm just thinking about the packaging art. (laughs) (laughs) We've had some interesting stuff we've eaten over the years on the road. Oh, dude, wait, wait, wait. But there is like one food that should be banned from every tour vehicle. Do you know what it is? It's a Runza, obviously. Oh, no, do not talk (laughs) about the Runza. I'm still processing that Runza like nine months later. Runza, man. We used to make our tea. Man, I guess we had someone from up that area who came to work at our school when we were little. Because we used to have like that. It was like almost like they took a roll and just stuffed it full of meat and onions. It was like, and that was like thing they served us at school. Solid. It was amazing. So I'm trying to think like smell wise I can't think of anything I know what it is he knows he knows exactly what it is he's fish related he got it it banned from from the Grizzly tour every tour every tour every tour like he was like we would we would make sure someone had to watch him in in the convenience store to make sure he didn't buy and if I did buy them I had to put a blanket over my head and eat it in shame like that bird dish in France a can of sardines no no it was that would have been even uh, that would have been better I think (laughs) it was ranch flavored corn nuts dude they just permeate everything okay. like it just it would get sucked up in the in the ac return and you're just like it just smells like feet it smells like popcorn and feet and you're just like i don't want to smell this yeah the corn nuts are just, uh, not my favorite and then and then okay so you didn't ask this guy how many teeth have has he broken on corn nuts oh. two God. And he still eats them. Because they're like eating fucking pebbles. <laughs> Dude, it's like, remember when you were a kid and your parents had the decoration that went on the, the table for Thanksgiving? And it was the like the corn, you know, the, 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 the horn of plenty. Like, it's like they took that corn and put it in a container. like, you can eat this now. We, we with ranch seasoning. seasoning. With ranch seasoning. <laughs> Dan's like true Southern American where it's like, you put ranch on, it's fine. <laughs> Dude, I know. I know. That's the flavor of uh, new wiener jerky. <laughs> Corn creamy, nut, creamy ranch, wiener jerky. Ranch. With just ranch injected the center of it <laughs> to rehydrate it. Oh, oh like a combo. <gasps> it's like a combo. It's, like, I'm it's like a meat Twinkie. <laughs> Someone's going to do this and we're going to be sad <laughs> and happy. We're search, We're currently searching for investors. <laughs> right. It's a startup, people. It's a startup. You know, um, Shark Tank with this. I'm telling you. But yeah, dude, like... Being on the being on the road, like Dan can attest to this. Like you get to the point where you just miss like something fresh mm-hmm. that didn't come from like the weird, sketchy like freezer refrigerator section at a convenience store or a bodega that you're getting kicked out of because you use the bathroom without asking for permission. I know I learned that lesson the hard way. Oh wow! Yeah. I already used it, bro. Too late. <laughs> right? It was in, that was in Trenton, New Jersey, of all places. I mean, of one of the perks of getting to travel with your best friend and play music. <laughs> is all the stories that we try to forget and each other remind <laughs> oh my god dude oh my god yeah um we've we've definitely had some experiences but i mean sleeping in, in a van in august in trenton new jersey because we didn't want to die in the sketchy punk rock squatter house that was a that was a highlight yeah and then realizing that you know those big windows in the front of a van like you can see all the way in the van and so i'm like trying to find like a sheet to put over it so it's not so creepy 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Look at that dude sleeping. <laughs> no, right. His ball fell out. <laughs> it's like crackhead velociraptors Click. peeking through the windows. Oh, it's so bad. Good times. Uh, <laughs> there were some good, dude, you can stay with us people in the world where you're like, oh man, is your carpet sticky? <laughs> <laughs> How does that happen? Well, that's like back in the back of the speaking of sticky that's carpets. That's love lemonade. Like, so, oh, speaking of, of sticky carpets, back in the day when you used to have to flyer for shows, you know, Dan and I would usually get stuck doing that. And so we'd always go like to the venue you're going to do it at. And then you're like, well, where else can we go? And Dan would be like, hey, let's let's go to the to the adult theater and drop them off there. It's fans just, is fans. Fans are fans. And I'll never forget, we went to this one on, on uh, 45 between 610 South and downtown. And um, was it BJ's? I don't know what it was. I don't know. <laughs> right by D- it was right by U of H. We used to always go to Microcash next door. <laughs> I think it's yep. right. Yeah, that, that's it. That's the one. And so I, I'll never forget we're there. And I'm like, this is kind of uncomfortable, you know, but whatever. It is what it is. But then I remember looking at the door that led into the theater. And I remember there was a handwritten sign that said, you must leave with the date you came with. <laughs> and I was just wow. like, where are we at? Like, what is this? So, yeah, we, we always ended up in some sketchy places. Like, I hope our moms aren't listening to this. Oh, my mom listens to every episode. Oh. So, <laughs> Linda, Linda's already, like, uh, more embarrassed every time an episode comes out. <laughs> you know, but you're flying there. You weren't like, yeah. damn, man, you went to theater real quick. You're right. dropping flyers. Ooh, this is a good, it's a double feature. Did you say drop my fly? Okay. We were dropping flyers. Oh, oh, oh. But Dan, 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 for his birthday one year, I'm going to tell the story, wanted to go to... It's like the Angelica Theater downtown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's always the art movies the and all that stuff. One, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Dan's like, let's go watch this movie. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, it was a John Holmes movie. Nice. Candy Stripe Nurses in 3D. <laughs> and so the whole time we're, we're watching this movie and you know, you're like, oh yeah, there, there he is. No, there he is. You know, cause it's like, I don't know what this dude looks like. Cause everyone's in the seventies. They're just really furry, you yeah. know? And then all of a sudden there's a scene where he shows up like, oh, there he is. He drops <laughs> <dong>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's John Holmes. Yeah. But uh, I think it was like towards the end of his career so it was like the point where like he was all you know drugged out and stuff and so yeah. um but yeah like that's what you do with your best friend you go see those kinds of movies or In 3d or the time he, he decided he wanted to go see uh human centipede 2 no at river oaks well i saw part one at the theater so i had no. to see two i had never seen part one and so dan's like let's go watch the midnight showing i was like yeah whatever and so we get there and there's like three tickets left and so we got the last three tickets and so we're like on the front row and so you know i'm oh, wow. i didn't know what to expect right so i'm watching the movie You're a terrible and, it, and, it, and it's kind of like it's black and white it's kind of art house feel but it's like kind of funny because the, the whole premise is this guy's just kind of a loser he lives with his mom you know and all this stuff and like like the whole time everyone in the, it's kind of like jovial like we're all kind of laughing and giggling and then like the last 20 minutes like it got really <laughs> real and like i started like getting like cold sweats like oh god i'm gonna throw up and like there are some scenes and, and like the the, the theme got quiet and i'm just like i'm not gonna make it like <laughs> literally like i was uncomfortable and and, I was, and we get done and dan's like y'all hungry <laughs> no no i'm not i'm going home and going to bed and probably going to church in the morning i feel <laughs> dirty oh it was so bad you want to go in this great chocolate ice cream down the road over here <laughs> so confession i that night i had raisinets that i stuffed on the side of my jaw like tobacco because i couldn't swallow the candy and I didn't want to spit it out because oh. I was getting nauseous. <laughs> it yeah. was it was so like, I'm telling you the, the movie's probably 90 minutes and like the, the first you know 60 minutes of it, it's kind of funny and you're kind of laughing and you're like oh this is so extreme and then the last 20-30 minutes it goes down a dark path and you kind of felt it building up to that the entire time but when it got there you're like oh god I wasn't ready for this. Yeah. Like there and if you haven't seen it, I say, I say watch it because you need to understand no, what it's, no one like, needs to see that. It's really not necessary. Oh man. Yeah, it's good times. The oh, things wow. I do for my best friend. I was gonna say you're a terrible friend, Dan. You didn't <laughs> warn him about that. Terribly <laughs> awesome. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that seems like a good so see that's the hint to the gang of the whole like, hey man, we got accommodations if you come on tour with us. It's like here's your tent <laughs> in the right. middle of a field in Oklahoma. <laughs> With 3% beer. Oh. Yes, it was Oklahoma beer. <laughs> oh, so you guys have just been getting back at each other for decades. Basically, that's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's okay. a constant back and forth the entire time. Okay. That's what that's what love really is. It truly is. relationship it's is. It's like, sure. you know, what can you do that's kind of caring, but also kind of mean to the other person? But see, I think this all started... Um, on our very first tour that we ever did, uh, we were with a band called Abasia and uh, Dan was t- tour manager and stuff like that. And so we drove straight from Houston, Texas 
to LA oh, because our because wow. we had shows at the Whiskey Go Go, the Roxy, and I think San Diego and uh, Blind Melons <clears throat> in San Diego. Blind Melon, yeah. And uh, so we drove straight. It's a twenty six hour truck, and like I, we had the van. I bought a trailer. First time ever pulling a trailer, you know. And so the first time I had to pa- back it up was in LA, which is almost impossible. Oh my god! But I'll never forget. Like we drove straight, right? Never stopped. Get into LA probably two o'clock in the morning, and I look over at Dan, who's riding shotgun. I'm like, "Hey, man, so so where's our uh, hotel? Where'd you get it booked at?" He goes, "I didn't, I didn't book a hotel." And I was like, "What? What? What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, um, I figured we see like a like a Howard Johnson or a you know a Drury Motel Six or Drury Inn, <laughs> Holiday Inn or something. They got good biscuits." And I was like, "Dan, I haven't seen one of those in like an hour. Like we're in L.A., like downtown. Like there's not a place like that. That's about ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night. No, no, no." It was like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. No, we got into town at that time, but we looked for two hours. <laughs> we did look for two hours. We did. We did. Um, and, you know, if you know anything about L.A., like there's hotels, but most of them don't have parking for a van and a trailer. Yeah. Like, and, you know, I'm sitting here thinking like, great, I'm tired. I've been driving for eight hours. I'm maybe done. And finally, Dan sees this, this motel on the corner of Hollywood and La Brea. <laughs> and... He's like, I'm gonna go check it out. And he runs inside and he like comes out. He's like, dude, it's an L-shaped parking lot. You can pull in on this side and go out the other side. It's perfect. <laughs> and so we ended up staying there and it was great. And he totally redeemed himself. But like that's how it is. Like, you know, Dan is Dan is probably the closest thing to a cat I've ever met because like you're like, he's gonna fail. It's gonna and he pulls it out. Always lands, lands on his feet. feet. Every time, dude. You know. And then the stories from that trip oh, I'll have man. to save for later. Oh my god, that'll be for the twentieth episode. That'll be for my book. Oh, which, mom, I apologize in advance. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, all right, we're gonna roll it into our final segment. I read this book called "This Is What It Sounds Like." This is what it sounds like. And it was a great book. It was talking about record pulls and things like that. Kim's currently reading it. And even though Dan and Health have yet to read it, I was just like, here's what we're gonna do. Does it have pictures? So it's a special (laughs) kind. Yeah, there are some pictures in there. So it was written by, uh, I can't remember her name. I feel terrible, but she was the producer on like, uh, purple rain and like all of she came became like the house recording engineer for uh prince i guess she was recording engineer for it yeah and then you know she did all these amazing records as a producer and then got bored and went into like neuro oh i have not gotten that far neuroscience she had a degree on what music does via neuroscience and everything was it susan rogers yes susan rogers thank you yeah she's an american professor and sound engineer yeah Yeah. so she does that and yeah now she teaches like at a university so you know she's overachiever but anyway point (laughs) being But she talks really early on in the book about like her favorite thing. uh, She's not a musician, uh, but her favorite thing about music is is going to record pulls, which I've heard. I'd never heard it called that before. But a bunch of people get together and play their favorite records for each other. Oh, yeah. I do that with Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. With like songs and stuff. Yeah. People do that now. So our idea was this because, you know, to give a little insight into our band. And like we say, Dan is the fourth member of our band as our artistic, our soul. And uh, so we were going to do our record pool. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to discuss only the records right now that got us into music. Like those ones that, you know, when you saw that first person when you were little and you're like, oh, like that's, that's what I'm into or whatever. These are the ones where you heard that song. And you're like, I love music. I love music more than, you know, my G.I. Joe's or anything at this point. Like I'd rather buy a record. Mm-hmm. So in that thing we each picked out three songs slash albums so it could be a single that you got that you just listened to over and over it could be an entire record or just the a side of that record but we'll keep it somewhat brief but give a minute or so i guess and the question is do we want to each do one and then kind of come back around or do we want to do all three yeah, at it's, it's yeah. One, one at a time that's cool all right so who wants to go first i can Should go first we? okay kim goes first um i would say probably my first introduction to music and realizing this is going to be so embarrassing because i'm older than all of you guys i am 49 but my mom had a record player and of course when you're little all you get exposed to is what your parents have and uh leslie gore was my mom's favorite singer and i never even heard it's my party until i was a teenager my mom loved that stupid song judy's turn to cry oh it's a great song (laughs) and like when i realized it was part of like a song series i got really excited and wanted to hear everything else but i remember like that 50s 60s pop being uh really present in our house quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, my mom was the same way. Like, yeah, anytime we were in the car, it was oldies. The oldies. I remember thinking to myself when I when I got older, I was like, Mom, that wasn't your music from when you were a kid. Like you were a kid in like the sixties. <laughs> like she's like, I don't know, it's what I liked. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, same for my mom and dad. It was really? Motown or Oldies. Yeah. 
was the so easiest. Get introduced to Motown, just the oldies. I wish we had gotten introduced to Motown earlier. But. All right, we'll go clockwise. Hell, we'll just... all right. So I, I actually made notes this time. I just made a list of three. Oh, okay. That was the assignment. I made a note. Is what so you, like what the first song that like I found like I was like, oh, this music is really cool. And it's kind of embarrassing, but I'm not whatever. Um, I want to be like you by Louis Prima from uh, the Jungle Book oh, because yeah. we had it on because you used to get those old vinyls that had all the songs yeah. from Disney movies. Oh, yeah. And so like you know we didn't have VHS, so if, but I remember that song coming on. I'd be like, oh dude, like the whole just like the scat part of it and all that. Like it was like this whole thing. I was like, whoa, 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 this is not normal. Like what is this? And so like that was my my starting point there that's great yeah disney films were a big catalyst for lots of things that turned me on musically yeah yeah so it's just weird i've always been like i like dumbo when i was little but i was never i've always been kind of an anti-disney person he was a little kid who hurt you as a child i don't know man just something that was not but my mom was i got dragged to the movie theater stuff my mom she was always just like we're watching what i want to watch like okay terms Uh of endearment again (laughs) (laughs) all right dan so for me, I begged my parents to take me to see Batman 1989, Michael Keaton at Ooh. Calvez Mall. And the movie was darker than we anticipated, but what stuck with me was the music. And there was no Google back then. So my mom had to ask around because I fell in love with Prince through the Batman soundtrack. Oh. So Lemon Crush was probably the first song that I was kind of obsessed over. Um, And then I realized that this guy named Prince was responsible for a bunch of other songs that I didn't know I liked. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, man, that was I'm glad you covered that one because now I can I was that was like (laughs) my fourth. Okay, because that was a big record for me because. I mean, but it was also a little later. I mean, I was that like, whole soundtrack. Yeah, I, we God. got the VHS, and I never watched it. I would just play it so I could listen to it. Like I loved that movie. Like I was a huge comic book nerd, even from a little kid. Even as a non-comic book person, that movie was great. But my brother got me that, like from one of the BMG or something, where you got like you know <laughs> from Columbia Twelve Cents, <laughs> Mister like Ralph Peterson at this yes. PO box, making up names and stuff. And so when he, he ordered all his cool records, he's like, "I know you like Batman," so he's like, "Here," and dude, I was like dancing around doing all the songs had all the thing that was a huge record but that was your number four so yeah one? so my my number one thing was the the first song album but really the, it was it started with the song and it moved to the album that was i was like music's it was uh if this is it Huey lewis in the news great video by the way segues into all of sports. sports yeah but when i was little it was weird so we being a little coastal town where like nothing cool ever happened we did have a family move from houston who owned a cable company in houston and they were like we're gonna bring cable to crystal beach so we were one of the like we had cable when mtv went on the air and my brother's little league team was the mtv warriors they spawned Sponsored their baseball team and little podunk like my high school like I said I graduated in class of 18 kids but we had it That's we had sweet. MTV and that video of the sand shark was amazing so good but that was it I was like this is like I love music and a friend of my mom's had the 45s when I go over I take sit at her daughter's record player and play it over and over to the point they're like please go home <laughs> take, take the record and just go home and then my mom bought sports and it was just like I'm playing this. Plus, it was like, you know, six, five sports, dude. Yeah, they're at a pool table. They're at a bar. They're cool on the cover. <laughs> so that was mine. So, All right, round two. Okay. I think probably for me, <laughs> the album that probably changed my life was uh, was Purple Rain, I would say. I couldn't, couldn't really settle on a song on that album because all of them got me in trouble. <laughs> Darling uh, Nikki. Yeah. Oh, man. Anybody who's listened to this podcast knows I grew up in a very religious home, and my my mom was not having it. You ever see the movie Footloose? There's backwards <laughs> math based on Kim's upbringing. Pretty much, her daddy still hates some red boots. <laughs> I remember being sent because again, my brother was Kim's age; he was way older than me. So him and my mom watched it, and I got sent to my grandma's house. I want to say my mom, my grandma, and my brother watched it at our house VHS, and I got sent to my house, and my grandpa showed me Jaws, which <laughs> totally destroyed my entire childhood living on the beach. Right, I was gonna say, way to ruin it, <laughs> grandpa. I was, scared, I was scared of my swimming pool, but anyway, <laughs> dude, same here. Yeah. Like 
Oh my god, I'm glad I'm glad we're both like that because <laughs> I still look session. in the water to make sure that there's no sharks in the pool. But, but I had the album, like my mom my mom made the mistake of getting it for me for Christmas. And then we had a record player. So once I heard that there was back masking on it, what did I go do? I go play the record backwards. Satan style. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And I'm just you know, that has nothing to do with Prince's talent at all. But <laughs> didn't know we had like candles and a Ouija board out when and we were doing it. <laughs> I didn't see Purple Rain until I was in my twenties. So I never saw the movie. Oh, wow. It was just the soundtrack. Uh, but I still haven't seen the he's movie. He's just so incredibly talented, you know? It's a good record, man. We did a tour one time where we took back in my my previous marriage where he took my wife's car she had just bought a used car and it just had a cd player so they all went to walmart got all the cheapest cds they could get so we had like that was one of them it was on sale for like five bucks so it was like dude we got purple rings probably listening like 25 times <laughs> over that two weeks that was probably one of the coolest things that my mom did for me and my brother surprise us with six row tickets oh, to wow. prince oh, at wow. toyota center many many years ago i bet that was a cool but, show yeah that's one of those game changer moments yeah right. and i never got to see him live but I, f I when i found out as an adult that he literally could play any instrument on the record i was like he's a god like yes. obviously <laughs> all right moving on all right so the second one i have is sing 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 by benny goodman and his orchestra growing up we'd always go to my, my mom's parents house and they always had big band music playing through the house like it was just this thing and like i didn't think about it until like you made me start thinking about music and stuff and i was like whoa like that was always on like mm -hmm. i don't care holidays just the normal day going to visit grandma and grandpa and that music was always playing and so i think that's what led me to wanting to do band as a kid mm -hmm. because you're trumpet like oh let's do this and so like that is like kind of that gateway like we're gonna go down this path <laughs> For good or worse, I'm here. Good, you know, especially that early or mid and late 90s was like when that started kind of having a resurgence too. Oh, yeah, dude. They had all the, you know, big bad voodoo daddy and cheery popping daddies, all the daddy bands coming in with a big band. And then once you realized they had to tour together, it was like. Yeah. Good luck getting all those people in one band <laughs> right. together. All right, Dan. I had a hard time picking one Christmas album that stood out to me because for me, that was a time where music was prevalent all the time, whether it was parties, department stores, at school. Charlie Brown's Christmas album from the movie really resonated with me as a kid and even more as an adult. And I'll butcher his name. Is it Vince Guaraldi? Mm -hmm. Just phenomenal. It just resonates throughout the holidays for me and outside of it because it's just really good music mm -hmm. it just sets the tone for me doesn't feel right during the summer but every once in a while good old tannenbaum in the middle of july feels right <laughs> i have i have my copy of that i had from when i was a child still one of the few things i have after all the house fires that have it stayed at my grandma's and i have it with all the, it's red and it has like the you know woodstock on the cover and all that and all the things and the back of it has all the kids with the, the little tiny tree i didn't know you had that yeah it's in the it's in the little auto nice. ottoman footstool thing record. yeah we i think I, I think i have a copy of it somewhere you know like i think it's just like what you had i just got gifted my first album version of it i had the cd and i wore that out but i don't have a cd player anymore no mm. charles bryant gave me his new new album on cd and i was like i have no way to play it yeah, i can't put it in computers anymore nope mine still has a cd player all right so for me my second one i used to spend a lot of time when i was little my, at my grandma's house and my cousin ended up like living there for a while i'm not 100 i think it was due to like health issues or whatever and uh he always worked on motorcycles in the garage. Like he was the teenage kid that was like the, you know, Kelly Lee, like on his dirt bike, jumping stuff. The point, like we jumped stuff one time and I broke my nose as a little kid because I, when we landed, I head butted the handlebars. Nice. He'd be like, sit between my legs, dude, we're going to go jump sand dunes. He'd be like, okay. <laughs> but the one thing that was always on was he was a huge ACDC fan. So I just listened. I remember being a kid, the song Jailbreak, and I guess the rest of the EP too, because I know all those, but specifically the song jailbreak was like when i was a little kid was the coolest song ever just i'm on a jailbreak <laughs> like i was saying earlier before we got on there's the whole part where it's like you know sirens there and they were doing all the weird guitar parts and then it's just and then it stops it's like and he made it out <laughs> with the bullet in his back oh mona and it just kicks in you're like 
this is the coolest thing I've ever heard at like five, <laughs> six years old. Right. This just blew my mind. And I'm working on a motorcycle with my cut. Like this is, I'm, I'm a man now. And this is what <laughs> rock and roll is. Drinking my ecto cooler. Right. I'm the baddest fixing to go up and grab me a snack pack and a, and a Capri Sun and just live that badass life. With my candy cigarettes. Right. <laughs> I had my candy strikes when I was a kid. Oh my God, dude. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, round three. Finish him. All right. My third one is also an album. And this person is just so incredibly uh, unique. And I think that's what first attracted me to her music. Uh, she has a voice. And anybody who knows me knows I have a thing for voices. Like if your voice sounds like no one else's, oh, I'm going to listen to you a lot. Uh, Cindy Lauper. Oh, man. She's just my favorite. Yeah. And she's so unusual. That whole album, you know, instruments that i'd never like even heard before the way that she voices things and her range well and so many people copied her yeah like after she came out like you had all these female singers come out of the woodworks who's like you're totally ripping off cindy Lauper. Yeah. yeah and i'm glad you mentioned it because that was going to be my number four or five oh, was it okay. was the goonies soundtrack oh great <laughs> Because oh she is that oh, yeah. soundtrack. Like she is the. Without her, there is no Goonies. Well, mm-hmm. and now Data has an Oscar. Hello. <laughs> Short rounds. I'm telling you, dude. And it's just she was big too because you know you had Captain Lou was with her man, so all the wrestling kids were suddenly like Cindy yeah. Lauper was still cool. She played it right. She looked kind of punk rock, but she, she was poppy. Right. She was very punk, and she talked. She was talked very punk rock. I thought, yeah. you know, I was like, she doesn't sound she like a anybody. Heavy New York accent, so. yeah, and still sounds like that is hilarious to hear her talk. Yeah, I got to see. I've seen her live a couple times. See, I've never gotten to see her live. Me neither. So I've, I've seen, seen her, her on YouTube, tour, and I saw her open for share <laughs> right. back yeah. in my music press days. Nice. She wouldn't let us take pictures of her because she had fallen off the stage a few nights before and broke her leg, so she didn't want to have pictures and crutches. Oh. So we just had to watch and just enjoy the show. And oh, darn the luck. You know, when your job's <laughs> as a concert photographer, you're like, come on, dude. But yeah, Bro. I probably wore that cassette out, I think. It's a good oh. record, man. My mom used to play the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's my three. All right. All right. My third one. All right. So again, ke- keeping with like memories from like going to grandparents' house. When I go to my grandparents in Galveston, my dad's parents, this song like... I remember from like a very young age, like just being played just randomly. And like, it would always, it's by Doug Kershaw. And it's a song, Don't Mess With My Toot Toot. Oh. <laughs> dude, it, toot, toot. dude, it's, I don't know what it is, but like that <laughs> song, my granny and pop, like that would be blaring through the house. And like, so I had no, like, I didn't know what Cajun music was. I just knew mm-hmm. like, I liked the sound of that. And so, yeah, when we're, you know, again, thinking about music and, you know, kind of the, that foundation stuff, like that totally was like one of the cornerstones of, of my, like, I love this. Like, okay, I can, uh, heck yeah, music, let's do this. So, right. yeah, man, I, I had, I would, the song would end and I told my granny to restart it. Like, <laughs> I'm sure their neighbors hated that song whenever I was in town. But. Is that what? what inspired your tattoo? Uh, I don't have a tattoo, Daniel. <laughs> oh. So we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have it. You know, my students listen to this, and they're convinced that I'm covered in tattoos. Uh-huh. And I'm like, guys, I have no tattoos. Like, no, Miss Rachel, you got a tattoo. I don't have a tattoo. Is it? must be in a pretty like mm. hidden place, I think, being on the road. Like, I've seen most of your body. <laughs> oh, my God. Outside of your dog. Or <laughs> this is... No. Good Lord. Health always keeps the, uh, you know, at least boxers on. It's fine. Or boxer briefs or whatever. So, you know. Right. But I've never noticed. Maybe they, I just haven't noticed. I don't know. Oh, my God. Growing up in Beaumont, like, my grandparents love that song, too. And I can just picture them dancing. Yeah, too. dude. Like, that was just, like, such a good, like, tune. And it's, a, mm. like, a happy memory. And, and I don't know, man. Like, so, like, when I was, like, my, that's why I, my, my list is, like, very much the nucleus of my but that's family. kind of yeah. the point we want, yeah. the, you know, when you're young. And he's like, this is where I was, like, music got me fired up but it's so yeah. but it's so weird because like my mom was the only one out of my two parents that played an instrument she played clarinet and band but aside from that you know there wasn't much like no one was playing music there was no active musicians in my in my household no, so. music just hit your brain and clicked yeah well, i mean something similar that my aunt used to have a tape player where she put you put both decks and it would play through both tapes and like repeat and i remember it's kind of along that line she'd always play like the george Strait album that had oceanfront property right up against the randy travis picking up bones oh man so i mean those were just like burning in my brisket jams man i'm telling you (laughs) and then we'd play cards but anyway that's not my choice i just a quick i understand the toot toot because that was in there too (laughs) all right dan so 
I was the first born in my family, and I was the first cousin to a lot of younger kids. So I didn't have a lot of influence from anyone. I grew up listening to oldies and Motown with my family, a little bit of Tejano, but it wasn't until I heard this particular song on the radio that I kind of felt attracted to it and it wasn't an influence from anyone else. So I think partially also is came out in the early 90s, I want to say 92 or 93. It was Come Undone by Duran Duran. Ooh. Oh, it wow. it just hit me. And now that I think about it, I think that's when I was hormonally changing. So I was trying to be independent and it just had that haunting sound that just kind of stood out from all the noise that was on the radio. But yeah, I, I can still put it on now and remember what music should make you feel. Yeah. He's got one of those voices that cuts through everything. Yeah. He's just, if you hear a Duran Duran song on the radio, it's like, that's Duran Duran. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> And then when you go back and listen to their older stuff, I mean, you can see the maturity and mm -hmm. that particular song for me is just kind of pivotal for me figuring out who I am as opposed to being my parents' kids. I'm like, hi, I, I'm Daniel. I, I think I, I think I know what I like now. Yeah. How old were you? 11 or 12. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Bring it home, Samson. So for my final album, this was a tape I just accidentally got because of my brother. So my brother was a little older than me. Well, he's five years older than me. So he decided he was going to start surfing at about 11. I remember my mom got him a surfboard, but then it got colder in the winter. Tim and his buddy Thomas started, they were skateboarding. So then when they, one thing they would do is they go to surf spec, who also sold music and they would buy cassettes of whatever bands were on their skate and surf videos. Well, one of these, I think it was a dub even, but it was on like a blue cassette. So it was odd colored and it was the circle jerks group sex album. And I mean, I was seven. I realized yesterday I was seven because I was in <laughs> second grade. It was second. Yeah. It was second grade. Cause Miss armor got me, caught me with it. And like I was in trouble, but it had the song world up my ass on it, which at seven years old was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> so I took it very literal. I didn't really understand that the song was actually about just being overwhelmed by how the world was just making you feel like it was, you know, I was like, Oh, he's got a world his butt. <laughs> so and I didn't know really what sex was, but I knew it was edgy. And, <laughs> but for me, man, I mean, I listened to that tape and even when my mom got it back from my teacher, she'd like, just like, do not bring your, this in your wallet into school ever again. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I mean, I listened to that tape until it snapped. And then I had to wait years and years later because I could never remember what it was. And then finally I found it as a teenager again, but that was where like my intro into like fast, crazy, okay. silly music. And yeah. it was just weird that it found me that young just because my brother would, you know, dump like I'm over Iron Maiden. Here's this. I'm over the punk rocks. Here's this. And I felt that was way more palatable than like TSOL. Like I understood that right. Code Blue was about having sex with a dead person because he said it. It just sounded gross. <laughs> But, but having now. the world up your ass, like, dude, yes. Sounded funny. And Beverly Hills people sounded like they sucked. And, you know, I was like, yeah, this is great. And that was, when I was a kid, that was like my big final. So you connected to the lyrics. Yeah, because they were funny. And, you know, when you're seven or eight, you're like, dude, great. It's potty humor, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, there was a man talking about putting the world in his ass. In his rectum. That was, the visual was was it set? <laughs> that's like it's like how uh, the band Jimmy Eat World got their name. You ever heard that story? Mm -mm. So one of the one of the guys had like <laughs> had a little brother, and it was he was basically made an image. He goes, "Jim's so fat he can eat the world." Oh. <laughs> so it was like this fat, and he had, he, like he swallowed the world. He's just round. From oh my it. gosh! And you're like, "Yep, that makes sense." It's an older brother thing. It is it's a cool band name. Yeah, that Duran Duran was the first CD I remember buying with my own money. So nice. I think that also hit hard. Was that your first? No, you didn't buy that when your brother gave no, it No, that you. was cassette. Yeah, none of these are actually, they were all, these. I'm still vinyl cassettes. I can go yeah. into my first CDs next time on Dude. episode 20. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just remember my my uh, first cassette was uh, one I found on the street. Oh, wow. Uh, someone threw it out of their car. And it wasn't until like later on that I realized why they threw it out of their car. It was uh, Blame It on the Rain by Millie Vanilli. Uh -huh. And I think it was like that was the day that that came out that they had you know, lip synced everything. And this person just threw it out of their car. Like, I don't wow. care. This is still the jam. <laughs> so I picked it up and picked, put it in my cassette. I was like, oh, this is good. So, well, All right, everybody, man. Thanks for listening. This is our 10th episode. Like I say, we'll 
do our best on the 20th to bring Dan back. And we will venture through more stories of tour manager past. <laughs> and we'll go through records that kind of hit us in our teen years, like the stuff like that, like the formative years, what Ooh. made us start, you know, really getting into it. But uh, thank you all for listening, man. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. All right. Thank you all for listening to this 10th episode of Music in the Minor League. If you like what you heard, please share the podcast with a friend. Again, that is the best way for us to find new listeners and get the word out on all these wonderful bands and artists that we include on the podcast, man. If you enjoyed the bands featured or discussed as we went through our record list, go out and give those albums a listen, man. It's good stuff. None of it was that obscure, but again, man. Music's music. Enjoy it and find what you love and give it a chance. Now we're going to leave you with a song from Cracked, Flawed, and Frayed, one of the ones that gave Dan the idea for the title. This one's called Cracked Edges. We hope you'll go out there and have a wonderful week. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back with a new episode soon. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Falling apart